We are Lima Charlie. We are live. It is time for another. There's too Black many Tower fucking podcast. vertical lines in that. You're too many vertical lines. Right? These stigmatisms are fucking with me. Like, you know how hard <laughs> it was for me to find the S? I'm like, what? It looks like literally it's just like. Anyway. Yep. Speaking of things that have too many vertical lines line in with the straight ones. Speaking of things that uh, have too many vertical lines, have a squiggly line in with the straight ones and just don't fucking look right. Welcome to another episode of the Black Tower Podcast. We are a Wheel of Time podcast where we have all the squiggly lines, we have all the straight lines, and we have all the in-between lines, and all are welcome at our tower. I am one of your hosts, your Bajan Mahil, Andrew. I, I do the battles in things. I this I can't say stabby stab. That's not us. Yeah, that's threefold talk. That they, I do the they pokey will poke. stabby stab. I do the hokey pokey. There we go. Oh, just that's just me like going through the battlefield doing the hokey pokey people dying around me. That's that's exactly my combat style. That's gonna be the next weave we discuss at our yeah. at one of our live streams. Yeah, from- you should really see me uh turn myself about at Demise Wells. Shit's nuts. You know, I if you're thinking that life is complicated, and if you're thinking that it is too much to handle. Uh, and that there's too much going on. Just think about it. The hokey pokey really is all it's all about. It Don't worry about anything really else. Just about. do the hokey pokey. Turn yourself around. That's yes. what it's all about. What it's all about. And on that note, I introduce myself to you. I am Josh. I am the Sorovan Mahale. I call the lightning, the thunderbolts and lightning. It is... Very, very frightening. Galileo. Galileo. The dichotomy of man. The hokey pokey song in Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> the duality well, of man condensed the, at the Black Tower. does have a devil put aside for me. Oh. And I am... Daniel, you're Amon Khan Mahal. I'm the one who sings all of the songs. The dichotomy between the Hokey Pokey and the Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> and Dance with Jack of the Shadows. Because nothing's ever complete until you're dancing with Jack of the Shadows. And as stated, we are the Black Tower. Well, we are the Mihales from the Black Tower podcast. And tonight we are joined by someone very special. We have someone uh, as a guest for our topic tonight uh, who is very fun and very cool and very enjoyable to speak to in person, which uh, I don't know if we... Are you coming to WatCon this I can't year? make WatCon, but I saw Understood. all of you at JordanCon. So. Indeed, yes. So we did just see you. I was just wondering whether we would see More you More proof again. that I was there. I was there. <laughs> For a it is run only. I was there. 
Indeed. Uh, but uh, we'll go ahead and give Village Mattress a little bit of time to introduce yourself uh, and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do and where the people can find you. Well, my name is Chris. Um, I am Village Mattress because that's the name of my business. Um, and people can find me uh, villagemattress.net. Um, also, you can find me on Discord. And then uh, every now and then I get to be a, a, a guest on, on fine shows like this. So that's that's where you can generally find me. I'm always in the, the chats fine around shows. Uh, different, different <laughs> shows. Um, Dusty Wheel and Way of the Leaf and uh, um, Threefold Talk. And, of course, Black Tower Podcast are probably my, my favorite ones that I check in on. So um, m- amongst others. But, uh, yeah. And then I'm busy with selling furniture and mattresses and, and fireworks. So um, just got back from a visit to Charleston and got to look at uh, the Rigney Files, which was Ooh. very interesting. Um, so I had a really good time there. And uh, yeah, so that's a little bit about me. Indeed. Well, thank you for being here. Actually, change anything in editing. But Josh, let me know because I'm curious. Uh, That will actually not do anything in editing. Um, I will have to do that manually. (laughs) But for patrons who are listening live, they will get to see that, as well as uh, you know, Village Mattress. If he says something offensive, we can uh, we can give him the dragon's fang. That is true. Um, And only people watching live will be able to see that. That's fair. All right. Uh, so thank you, Village Mattress, for being here. Also, thank you very much for telling us where we can find you. Uh, definitely go check out Village Mattress's uh, store. There are lots and lots of really good, awesome things that you can buy from there. Um, do you ship nationwide or is it local? A lot of products I can and some products I cannot. So it Understood. depends. It depends. But like Tempur-Pedic mattresses, I can ship nationwide. I have a vendor, Maloof, that does a lot of things for bedroom that I can ship nationwide. Sheets, different things. Um, You know, some things can go into Canada as well. Um, I'm currently currently shipping a mattress to Colorado. Um, And then actually somebody from the community is in touch with me right now about a a mattress. So, um, yeah. So So everybody will be someone else up. In the relatively near future, because the mattress I have now I've had since 2016, when I was a much skinnier man. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed. So So definitely go check out Village Mattress. And while you are there, also make sure to go ahead and check out blacktowerpod.com. That is your one-stop shop for all of the information about the Black Tower podcast. It also now has some information about this year's Gathering Madness, which is going to be held in uh, Utah at Evermore Park, uh, which is very, very exciting for us. It's the first time that we'll actually be sort of on site at something. Uh, we've definitely tried to do a couple of outings at other Gathering Madnesses. Um, Normally, one year we did like axe throwing, of, like public indecency, but madness. <laughs> <laughs> the wrong kind of outing, uh, I guess. Indeed. Uh, we definitely <laughs> did a couple of things the last time we were in Utah. Uh, Ashimon we... Flash. 
we did a couple of fun events uh, in Josh's backyard. Uh, and then we went to uh, North Carolina. You might actually have did... to censor that one. You might. Christ, you guys. Star pasties. <laughs> Just make them like but... little narc heads. <laughs> but yeah, definitely everyone, please I'll consider coming to the gathering. over them. <laughs> sorry anyway are we talking like episode one or episode eight like those are distinctly different trolling better effects in episode one agreed yeah Yeah. we getting beltine nipples or harwin's gap definitely beltine nipples are more festive that is true beltine nipples are absolutely more festive Kevin Around is Christmas. The, uh, you can hang a little mistletoe off of him. <laughs> yeah. Ke- Kevin is the resident n- nipple expert, Trollic nipple expert. So, Kevin, shoot us a comment below and, and tell us which nipple is best nipple. But anyway, you know where there won't be any Trollocs, hopefully, unless they figure out how to use the ways again. The Gathering Madness. It's the best <laughs> Gathering Madness ever. Shunk. Tom? Daniel? Are you okay? What's wrong? (laughs) Um, But yes, please definitely consider coming out to the Gathering Madness this year. It's going to be a lot of fun, which, if we're being completely honest, we think it's actually been pretty fun every year to varying degrees. This year, A, does not look like it's going to be an exception, and B, we're actually doing something very different. So come join us at Evermore Park. Um, they are actually possibly interested in doing more with us. Uh, and so it will be a really, really good opportunity to get our feedback for the park as well as other people's feedback. So if you are anywhere near Utah um, or really Salt Lake City, because um, Utah is a big state, uh, if you are anywhere near Salt Lake City, <laughs> uh, definitely consider coming down to the Gathering Madness uh, and checking things out and having a good time with us. And we'd also love to hear your feedback as far as how it goes this year and how the the place is and all of that different stuff. So we'd love to see you there. Always a good time. And we love to see your faces. So now that like Utah's a big state, all I could think of was like Crocodile Dundee, like looking at Delaware and be like, that's not a state. Holds up Utah. <laughs> that's a state. Oh, uh, and speaking of trollic nipples, you know where should get a database of trollic nipples? The Great Blight. Echo from somewhere. That absolutely yeah. seems like a great place to have a database of trollic nipples. You could call it Wiki Troll. Okay, I don't hear it anymore. Oh no, there it goes. I don't know where it's coming. From. I think it'll be fine. It's not very loud. Why, why is it only? I'm not editing. It's not my problem, right? Anyway, <laughs> uh, anyway, but the Great Blade, the GreatBlade.com. It's a great resource for the Wheel of Time, uh, set up by. They don't call it the team. Subpar Blight. They call it the Great Blade. That is true. Because it's great. Uh, it's it's actually really awesome for finding. I, we will admit that it has not actually been updated in a little while. And so it may be a little older than we all would like it to be. But then again, we would all like it to be updated every second of every day. So maybe we're also unrealistic. Um, but it is a great resource for going ahead and finding lots of content creators. Uh, as Village Mattress said, there are a number of really great content uh, channels 
whether it be YouTube, artists, podcasts, uh, mm -hmm. merch stores, different things like that. And you can find uh, a heck of a lot of them on thegreatblade.com. It also is a great resource for a spoiler-free wiki. Uh, it's very, very cool. You can look by book and presumably, I'm guessing later on, by episode of the TV show to make sure that you don't get anything that you don't want to see. So if there's a person later on in the story who dies horribly, you aren't going to know that if you just look them up on, you know, book five. Or if you don't want to know whether they die horribly because they survive later, but you want them dead. You don't need to go ahead and see that. And you can hope for their death all the way up till the end. You know, all of that good stuff. So you won't be spoiled by, by things. If die. you're only on Fires of Heaven, you can look up to only Fires of Heaven and make sure that you don't get anything from book six and on. Uh, so very good resource and very, very fun. Now, speaking, speaking of, of spoilers, spoilers. <laughs> before we tell you what we're talking about tonight, that joke will or that will make more sense after the spoiler warning because I can't tell you why that's a good uh, play on words yet because that would be a spoiler. Indeed. Here is today's spoiler warning courtesy of our very own fact checker, Mahail. Uh, given the business to a certain Mahail. Welcome does. to the Black Tower, a Wheel of Time podcast. All right, let's check here. Okay. This podcast episode will be spoiling books one through... I mean, let's be honest here. Whatever Josh lets slip. So how about you pull that spoiler condom all the way on? Anyway, quit your whining. The last book came out in 2012. He was actually a ghost, and Rosebud was the name of his sled for creator's sake. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, Josh. That's a Citizen Kane reference, by the way, to any, which came out way, <laughs> way before 2012. So you have no excuses when that one comes um, out. My favorite so part works. about that is, is that when we go back in time to like the first time I was on the show, I had a big old like long speech about the, uh, the, the gray man, not the gray man, the, yeah, the gray man. And when he killed Tylan, and I was like, yeah, I remember when he killed Tylan and blah, 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 blah. And it was like, no, that's the next book. And I was like, oh, right. Yep. The Not bad. I remember. The <laughs> what was the one where we had? Yeah, the Golom. Yes. I kept wanting to say one, like, we, we had somebody on that was, that was like a first-time reader. Was it Ali? And we like, one of us was talking. We actually like, we were for, we didn't really spoil her, but we didn't know we didn't spoil her until like after we said it because like, they had read it somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Like, all of that, that was I think Allie. It, was, Allie. it yeah. was absolutely Allie. It was like the one time, like it was a pretty decent spoiler. It was like, you know, the whole like almost like Thailand level kind of spoiler. Mm -hmm. Um but well, we I mean I think it was actually bigger spoiled. than Thailand because like when it comes right down oh, yeah. to it, Thailand's not a big plot point. I mean I'm not saying she isn't important in terms of the let's go ahead and talk about how gross this is and like make sure everybody knows that. But like she's not a huge plot point of the story. So like if you spoil Tylen's death, it's not as bad as like spoiling like Egwene's death or something. <laughs> yeah. Egwene's also, death? we did what? the spoiler condom. So there you go. If you're still here, that's on you. The only thing about Tylen, she's like an anchor to Matt for two books. 
That is true. No, you're absolutely true. right. And so she is. She's important. a good supporting character. Yes, she's a very good supporting character, but it's not like a major character death. Or, and it happens or, halfway through the books. So it's not like, you know, last battle deaths or like right before the last battle or anything. Like right. it's a it's a midpoint one, where again, one might don't even spoil things like that. Please do me a favor and don't character. spoil. <laughs> don't spoil things like that for readers who aren't there yet. But. If you do, there are so many worse things to spoil. So don't, but also maybe you're okay. <laughs> Speaking of, let's go ahead and talk about the Minus Redemption arc Draco Malfoy of the Wheel of Time. Who was originally known... Oh, dude! As Tell Janine Allianstar. Allianstar. A-L-L-I-N. Wait, 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 wait. Now pause. Who knows who that Aline is? Song. Before we say what their famous name is, who knows what that is? Leave a comment I would below hope, if you know what that is. Yeah. Yeah. Pause <laughs> it, it is. Comment below, and then you can come back and edit and say, yes, I was right. I love how... I said Ali and Stark. I put like an like, extra uh, T in there. Well, not an Ellen extra T. Ellen Ellenzar. Like, whatever. Janine I think it's I think it's probably Alinzar because the Alefin are also pronounced that way and spelled that way. So I think it's Alinstar. Tell Janine Alinstar. Alinstar, no T. Yeah, it probably was. Alinsar. Probably was Alinstar. But not yeah, anymore. Who freaking knows? Because no. So I love this guy. I love this guy. He's one of my favorite Forsaken. Yeah. We meet him and we know him in the books as Samael, the fucker with the flag with the bees. Yes. Or like fucker with the flag first, with like the for bees. like the first half of the series. Yeah. Um but he's got a, an interesting an interesting history and uh before we hop into it uh what what are since since you're our guest today, their uh, village mattress? What is what are like kind of like some of the things about Samael that maybe like stood out to you or uh, that like you immediately think of whenever it comes to Samael? It could be like in his history, it could be like stuff that you see in the books, whatever. What do you think about Samael in general? Just that he is kind of the one who set up the whole um, Shido plot line with Perrin. But with the Narbaha, the full boxes. Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> that that's one of my favorite plot points with him. Oh yeah, yeah. So you know, I mean, he he sends the Shido everywhere. He sends some that are undermanned that get killed immediately. Scatters all the Seps so they have to gather them in, and just you know, really really creates chaos for a number of books just by that one thing. You know splitting them up and sending them all over the Randland. And uh, so that's the thing that stands out to me on top of the fact that, you know, Rand really plots and plots for multiple books, how he's going to take him down. And then, unfortunately, I think that the whole thing at Shadar Logoth is rather anticlimactic. You know, it, it, it could have been a different ending but it you know it was what it was so and then you're like was he really killed wasn't he killed right. didn't really see him die so Indeed. You know. but yeah i mean i really enjoyed samuel and, and i looked in the notes and i had my companion there 
and basically everything in the companion and in the big white book um, was the same wording that I found in the notes, just subtly different, but it was the same content. So mm, I was looking for another light art. Yeah, I was looking for other <laughs> little kernels there, but couldn't find anything to to bring. Big so you wouldn't find them because he was a general. I know. You can't find kernels where there was a general. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's uh, actually if you had just looked down on the notes a little bit more he's just not very tall so you just have to go look a little bit lower in the notes and that he's slightly above no, average height. i know that's the joke they say he's six foot and you know i'm I five know. nine i'm five nine so let's just correct daniel all way down for me i guess so, that's the joke okay seriously guys guys we're just gonna start with this this man is so Napoleonic complex, it's not even funny. And again, the parallel <laughs> is so accurate. Because yes, again, yes. one of the things that we know from history is that people call it a Napoleonic complex. Napoleon was an inch taller than average for his time. So there is That's no true. such thing as a Napoleonic complex in terms of Napoleon was actually short. Now again, he may have considered himself short. He may have tried to compensate for considering himself short. But that's literally why this is such a great parallel. Because Samael is six feet tall. Yeah. Even in Randland, that's not short. And no. this guy judges himself by Demandred and Ravine and Luz Theron Luz his there. entire life. Because he feels like he's shorter than them. And he might be right, but he's still tall. Yeah. It's funny. Well, you know, Robert Jordan made all of his characters, for the most part, really <laughs> Except for Davram Barshir is the only one who's, like, short. Indeed. Oh, that's, that's well, so, actually, there's... Like... So... Yeah. Go ahead, Andrew. Uh, so, one of the things I like the most, or I find the most interesting about Samuel's history is he he was an athlete essentially that that answered the call to war um he was a, a master archer um he was a world champion of uh it's only known as a bloodless sword sport but it kind of sounds like fencing uh to a degree you know where you know yeah. it's, it's really elegant hoity toity fancy you know highbrow high class kind of stuff um and he carried his abilities and his athleticism over into the War of Power or the War Against the Shadow, um, fighting for the side of the light. And it wasn't until the War of Power that he even found out that he could channel. Mm -hmm. So it's not like, you know, Luz Theron or any of the other Aes Sedai that have been, you know, channeling for years and years and years now. It's like, oh, there's a big war? I'm going to fight. And it reminds me of like the kind of small town high school football team that, that's got a scholarship to go play for the uh, college. And it's like almost guaranteed NFL draft player. They're the next prodigy. And like, you know, uh, something happens in their, in their country and they say, no, I'm not doing this. I'm joining the army and I'm going to go fight. Um, where, but so semi like figures out his ability to channel and clearly has a fair proclivity for it but also gets a really big trial by fire because um, he has about four years where he's fighting for the side of the light mm -hmm. where he's got to pick, he's picking up as much as he can. He's fighting as much as he can. And he's definitely doing this from 
an observational point because oh one everybody else is so busy fighting you can't devote time to sit there and just train mm -hmm. but as one of the generals of the light he's very much focused in on defensive tactics um which was incredibly useful because for the vast majority aka entirety of the war uh the side of the light was on the defense mm -hmm. like they, they were not winning like no not not even close yeah they were pressed um, pretty hard. Yeah. And uh, we've talked about somebody else who forsake the light because of jealousy. Uh, Samael has done the same thing. Um, two other people. Yeah, two other people that have done it. Um, it's, a, it's a trope. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so he believes himself to be a superior general. So whenever uh, complete and total command of the force of the light was given over to the dragon... He said, this is some bullshit. I'm a better general. Hey, uh, Grendel, um, or whatever Grendel's name was actually at the time. It wasn't Grendel. I forgot what it was. Um, let's go, you know, he's just switching sides. <laughs> and uh, yeah. Grendel and Semiel, or, or, or Cal Camaril Meridim Nindar. Here we go. Tell and Camaril say fuck it, and they go skipping off uh, through a gap in some mountains into a, a spooky magic mountain with teeth for a cave. You know, I'm he didn't, that's he what did, it he didn't like. just like leave either, though. He like he did the whole like I'm gonna pull the pin on this grenade, throw it in this room, and close the door as I walk out. Cause he. Uh, it says here he left the gates of Hevan open oh, and yeah. led the shadow into a you know a, into a battle, and it was like it was disastrous. Like the the forces of the light were like absolutely decimated. So he didn't just like this is bullshit. I'm going to change sides. He went this is bullshit. I'm going to change sides and I'm going to kick your asses on the way out or on the way back. Yep whatever yeah. it was but it was just... i mean of there's there's a lot of very distinct parallels between will of time and and many world religions um and given robert jordan's uh, upbringing the area he grew up in and everything there's definitely some uh, some similarities between the will of time and christianity and this one has always been one that stuck out very very starkly for me because in the will of time we have samael and in the bible we have samael <laughs> like Mm -hmm. It's just literally take one M out and you have the biblical archangel, uh, Samael, um, and in Hebrew, Samael, um, or Sama, Samael, or however you say it, because uh, I don't it's speak Samael. Um, translates into venom or poison of God. Um, and as an archangel, archangel uh, in both uh, Tumundic and post-Tumundic lore, uh, he was basically like the accuser or adversary, um, seducer and destroyer. Um, uh, Masahit, as mentioned in the book of Exodus. Um, a lot of what Samael did mimics the Christian notions of Satan um, mm -hmm. to the point of being sometimes identified as a fallen angel. Um but ultimately, he's not because ultimately his functions result in the destruction of uh, of sinners. And, you know, it's like doing evil for the sake of good uh, kind of thing. Um, 
which you know always oh. works out well in all of human history. Mm-hmm. The, you know, interesting thing. So we talked about um, the hundred companions. We did that episode with the hundred companions, mm-hmm. and we talked about how Luz Theron had ev- had originally mean the hundred acquiesced to the to the decision of the of the council and or the whatever governing body, and said, "Okay, fine." Well, then the city fell, thus losing the keys to the Choden Call. Mm-hmm. And Luz Theron was like, we can't wait anymore. We can't use, we can't, now we can't use the Choden Call because the keys are lost to us. For all intents and purposes, they are lost. Samael is the one who captured the city where the Choden Call keys were being constructed. Now, he didn't know they were there, obviously, mm-hmm. or else this story would have a very different outcome. <laughs> well, but, yeah. I'm actually. I'm actually interested in that in some ways. So we actually, I, I don't, Village, I don't know if you actually um, saw our episode on the Chodan Call Keys and whatnot, but uh, we sort of were talking about how the, it, it was in our talk about the sort of the Tamerlin and Luz Theron. Mm-hmm. And them fighting in, in you know, you, you see this argument in episode eight of the, the Wheel of Time show. It's also talked about in the, the book series and things like that. And uh, it was in our one of our episodes of, like, Luz Theron gets a bad rap. And it's not necessarily warranted. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, plenty of things are his fault. He is absolutely the decider. And so you can lay a lot of blame at his feet for when things go wrong because he is the general in charge of all of the armies of the light. But there's also a lot of stuff that like other people kind of force onto him and whatnot that he just takes credit for because he's the dragon reborn and the general of all of the forces of the light. And this is a lot of ways he's a scapegoat. Yeah. I mean, he has a lot of power. Right. But at the same time, it's it's again, it's the thanks Obama. It's yeah. like when you trip and yeah. stub your toe, that's obviously not the president's fault. But no. again, you say I don't thanks, think he was Obama, at the start of that that's... discussion. What I don't think he was. Uh, I don't think he was like the pure and total commander of the force of the light at the time that that discussion was initially at, happening, because it's four years into the war of power that lose there and takes right. over as the pure and total like commander of the force of the light. Um, That's correct. But I mean, he is the dragon. I think that happened before that. Uh, So it's not like he doesn't have any power. Yeah. It's just that he doesn't actually have a hundred percent control until later. But anyway, all of this to say that we actually read parts of the, the story again that we hadn't read in a while. And we discovered that, you know, the Chodan call was being made. And he was like, hey, we need to go attack the Dark One. And people were like, no, we need to finish the Choden Call so that we can fight him better. And mm-hmm. Luz Theron was like, all right, fine. I'll wait until you're done with the Choden Call Keys. And then the Choden Call Keys get lost. And he's like, cool. So back to my plan of attacking the Dark One, right? <laughs> and they go, no, we have to do this. And so uh, during this, it's an interesting thing because Samael is clearly jealous that's sort of what seems to be the thing that pushes him over the edge to going ahead and joining the dark one. But it also seems to be 
a, a trope in the Wheel of Time of Ishamayel and a number of other people also go over because they kind of view this as hopeless. The War of the the Light is not going well. They're mm-hmm. losing at more like at turn after turn after turn, and some of them are seeing that as a challenge, but some of them are seeing that as a look, the shadow only has to win once kind of thing. And they're like teed up to go ahead and do that. And a lot of them don't know that these like mega powerful things are even being constructed so that they can take on the dark one and the forces of the shadow. And so my, my posit here, and and I wonder if you have any thoughts about this as, as someone that we haven't talked about this with is do you think Samael actually would have gone over to the shadow uh, just out of jealousy of Luz Theron Telamon, if he had actually been given the information that this tool was being created that would have allowed them to fight back? Or was it a combination of both jealousy and hopelessness that actually sent him and a number of other people over to the Dark One? I think it's a combination because from what I've read, it was both that he felt like the Dark One was going to be the winning side. Mm-hmm. And he was jealous of Luz Theron because he wasn't the one named commander in that fourth mm-hmm. year of the war. So it was probably all of those combined that caused him to switch sides. But I don't yeah. know about the Choden Call knowledge. And you said if he was the one who took the city where the keys were, where the access keys were, um, that would have been after he'd already turned. That the access keys were not available if he was in control of that city. Correct. So he would have already flipped. Now, my question is, we know there were two female keys for sure because they both mm-hmm. show up in the book. So there should have been two sets of keys for the male side. And then the other Presumably. question I have is the Chodan Call were in Tramal King and in Karian. Mm-hmm. Were they originally constructed in the same place and during the breaking, they broke apart to different parts of the world? Or were they in two cities that were controlled by the forces of the light? but separate cities. I would actually posit six of one half dozen in the other, that they probably were actually being constructed in two different places. Cause it does feel like worst case scenario, you can still use one, one if the them. other one gets lost. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but to your point, I mean, the one in Kyrian is fully buried. Yeah. And they're trying to, archaeologically dig it out effectively uh, by the time that we see Rand show up to Kyrian in the first place. And so I actually completely think that the the truth is that they were probably closer together uh, mm-hmm. and that the breaking buried the male one and shifted the location of the female one. And whether it was in Kyrian and in Tremulking, uh, I, I think they were probably closer together. But at the very least... The Earth swallowed the yeah. one in Kyrian, which is a, well, and the Tremalkin strong... one was just the hand in the globe sticking Correct. out. Correct. Yeah, that was all exactly. So it so was it also seems too. to be mostly buried as well. Yeah. 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 So no, interesting. Yeah, I, no, I, I I love that thought. That's great. Yeah, yeah. One of the, one of the the things that I find <clears> interesting, um, a little just kind of like a, a real life cultural. Uh, parallel here is that Samael mm-hmm. preferred battle to administration. Like he was mm-hmm. a great general, a great commander, and loved to be in the battle 
but was not great at like supply chain uh logistics uh you know the the other you know quartermastering the other the other things that need to go along with with leadership so well, as a result he, is he was good with that for his soldiers but he wasn't yes. for the citizenship so he and took so very as a result, good care of his soldier, soldiers but then the citizens would suffer which would make everything ultimately suffer yes and there indeed. is actually a culture like this on earth like as we know it today the United States was... Army. No. Oh, wait. Sorry. <laughs> wait, sorry. Did they, did they recently go knock on a neighbor's door and ask for more than a cup of sugar? Yes. <laughs> that one. That I'll say recently, no, um, for the last year. <laughs> yes. So that... the military city-state of Sparta was like this. Mm -hmm. If oh. you were oh. a Spartan citizen and a member of the, you know, military which essentially all male citizens of sparta were then you were in the military that was your job you woke up you went to pt you drilled battle formations that was it that was you what see, you did for a living I every day more soldiers well, than you i was literally all, about to say that yes <laughs> if every single man in the country is a soldier who is farming Mm -hmm. who is is administrating who now uh, that's not to say the women could not have done it but once again oh, like rosie Sparta's, the spartan citizens had responsibilities even the women had responsibilities women mm -hmm. were landowners women were estate holders uh women had a lot of these kinds of responsibilities as well well so and older men literally, as well once you sort yeah. of not washed out of the army that's not but aged out of the army there we go once you aged out of the army once then you, you were assigned a number of these things and survived battle yeah if, right if you managed to survive yeah. yeah but the the thing being is that they literally had a slave class that is true. that ran everything for them but sparta was so prosperous and so big that it literally just deflated on itself yeah. because the system was unsustainable. Mm -hmm. It's that's, the that's... company that grows too many chains to actually it's it's Subway. And when so, you go ahead and put Subways on every block in a well, 45 mile radius in <laughs> uh, in a city, suddenly not all of your Subways are doing very well <laughs> and you have to close well, a few so, because that's not sustainable. I was talking with a buddy today, um, yeah. and this is going to kind of hurt the soul of Josh and I a little bit uh, because of the <laughs> sphere we work in as uh, relatively relying on the DOD contractors. One of the biggest failings of Sparta was as the practice of, you know, tossing the sickly and the not perfectly formed children off the cliff mm. um, and making everybody a soldier and waging these continuous wars and being the city state that many of their neighbors called on to come to their aid yes. until eventually going into a conquer ship, they hired mercenaries to make up the bulk of their military uh, there, especially towards the end, which made yeah. the Spartan military machine absolutely reliant on outsiders with no loyalty to Sparta and all the loyalty to gold. Mm -hmm. um, and it was a massive vulnerability and we come and Sparta learned far too late they could not fully function as this monolithic military entity without these mercenaries. And the second the mercenaries turned on them or got bought by other or paid and hired by other uh, city-states, they were screwed. 
Um, and I, I liken that to the current situation because I, I absolutely love my job. I don't want anything to happen to my job. Uh, but <laughs> the United States military is very, very reliant on contractors. Outside contractors? Yeah. 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 Um, understandably so, to a degree. Well, you know, and I'm a little, I'm again, a little 50 50 on it. But, you know, on one hand, I like getting a paycheck. On the other hand, I'm like, eh. Well, and the and the thing that probably doesn't give you much faith is that the contractor that gets it's the one that did the got the lowest bid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like if you buy something on Amazon that says military grade, and people are like, "Oh, this must be great." Like, no, it's what no. meets the minimum specs for the cheapest price. The lowest graded. That's product right. That the minimum bid is what's going to get. But the it price. looks it's, it's scary. Like made yeah. in China with lead paint, military yeah. grade. Right, <laughs> right there. <laughs> Yes. Well, so and I, again, I mean, that also... Samael was made with lead paint. Right? That's why Superman no, can't no. see through his Samael underwear. Samael was military grade. <laughs> the the Trollocs were made with lead paint. Narbaha was lead paint. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Did you or a loved no, one come down with I, heavy metal poisoning because of your Hawaha? All right, so we usually end up doing this way too late in the episode, which is totally fine and not a problem. We have lots of good conversations, and I don't want them to stop. But we are. Are I'm going to speed run the history of Samuel. I'm going to speed run the history. I'm going to do the thing (laughs) that I like to do. uh, It's time for a Daniel speed run. So I'm going to just take a moment, uh, and we are going to. You know, we've gotten our first impressions of Samael. We've talked a little bit about the parallels. Now we're just going to sort of run real quick through the events of the books. And this is actually not even going to be that hard because Samael is not actually that imperative in the books. I mean, he is as a threat, as a, uh, a thing that Rand plans for, all of that different stuff. Samael is big. But at the same time, the actual like page time that he gets is not huge. <laughs> so we're just going to sort of run through his status and his uh, activities during the books. Um, so when he goes go. ahead and gets released from the uh, the boar, if you will, uh, from the Dark One's prison, um, he Im- almost immediately goes to Ilion. And takes control of the city there as Lord Brend uh, taking over the Council of Nine. Um, so quick he question. goes and he Sorry. Go ahead. literally just made me think about do you think he went for Ilion first because he was so jealous of Luz there and he wanted to take over the city that sounded the most like Iliana? Oh, Iliana. Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> that is now, I. that is now canon. canon. Yes. Slander. All right then. Uh, so yeah, he basically takes over Ilian. He, he makes a foothold. Uh, Moraine seems to actually know that he's in Ilian from like halfway through book two. Um, and she basically tells Rand from the point that she realizes that he's there, that he needs to go take care of Samael. And Rand goes, later, 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 like for books and books. Um, he ends up presumably sending a number of uh, dark hounds to catch the uh, the Emmonsfield Five and whatnot at some point. And Lan is actually like noticeably shaken at some point, which is scary because Lan doesn't do that. Um, anyway, uh, he goes ahead and takes over Ilian, starts setting up things uh, all over the place to find uh, 
Angrial and Sangrial. Uh, partially, I think maybe because he found out later that the Chodan call were basically within his grasp and he doesn't want that to happen again. <laughs> um, imagine, imagine finding finding that out. Right. <laughs> uh, he apparently also tricks Grendel into revealing where Masana is, um, but doesn't end up going ahead and really doing anything with that. Uh, then he goes ahead and uh, is approached as in disguise by Savannah and the Shido uh, and tricks all of them into dispersing their army with the traveling boxes, which are all just horseshit <laughs> and hilarious. Um, but it's one of my favorite things that he does to the Shido because fuck the Shido. Uh, but he scatters them to the four winds. And as Village There's actually, as Chris said earlier in the thing, I mean... Sets up the whole Perrin arc, which means that I hate Samael with a fiery flaming passion. <laughs> um, and then eventually, after lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of planning, uh, Rand sets Matt with a very large army to go and attack Ilian. But it's all just a disguise or a, a distraction. Uh, and he just pops into the city with a much smaller force. Uh, and chases Samael around Ilian for just a short amount of time until Samael retreats to Shadar Logoth, uh, which was always his sort of retreat plan, uh, to which Rand follows him. Yeah, doesn't make any sense. Uh, then <laughs> Rand follows him, uh, and one of his uh, Fardar is my... Uh, Leah. Yeah, Leah. She's one of the, the Isle Maidens... Um, and did, did she, she was actually one that Shadow yeah, she got, le she got left in Shadow Logo when he went to uh, the, the way gate with Elder that's Hannah. right yes she so left. she ends up getting she left lost, behind and they looked for her forever and then they left her and they mm -hmm. thought she was dead she must yep. be going and so he shows up in Shadow Lagoth uh, searching for Samael uh, has a Rand has a weird run in with Moradin where they cross the streams, and then he finds Leia just. That's why everybody uh, should watch Ghostbusters, right? Just before she gets touched by Mashadar, uh, and then he bail fires her so that she doesn't actually have to die the horrible, agonizing death of Mashadar, and then sees Samael on a balcony and swings this giant. Uh, Balefire bar up to Samael, and we never actually know whether he gets him with Balefire or Mashadar gets him instead. But either way, Samael's fucked. Goodbye, Samael. The, Have a the, nice day. The companion <laughs> says Mashadar got him. Yeah, well, the companion also says Bella's well, alive. It's, it's uh, a, and we it's, all know that's some the companion is right. Shit. Bella's it's the great. Bella shit. You know. I don't have many plans of visiting Seattle, Daniel, uh, outside of the Gathering Madness. <laughs> but you do live very close to a rum bar, and I'm willing to buy enough drinks for you to forget that trash opinion. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's never going to happen. Bella, I will be unconscious before I say Bella that. Bella and Mandarb live happily I'm ever sorry, after. I have beautiful, beautiful look. children. Yo. And I will not let you take this from me. In Bella is the creator. Yes. Well, if Belle is the creator, then she doesn't need Mandarb to have children. No, but she. No, but it makes it a lot easier. She has children with Mandarb because even the creator likes to get some. 
All right, Zeus, how about you chill? <laughs> My point exactly! <laughs> Actually, I think in this situation, like, the creator would be more like Loki. Or no, not Does Loki, the horse, Loki, Loki. fuck a lot of stuff? No, Loki, uh, Loki fucks, fucks everything. Does he? Yeah, like, I don't remember that oh, yeah. being a yeah. big thing. Yeah, Loki turns it's into not, a It's not a big thing horse. in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but in actual mythos. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, I know that those Your are boy Loki but... fucks. As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, Odin's eight-legged horse, Sleipnir, is Loki's child. That's Is that the one where he fucks Loki, the horse? In... Loki is yeah. Sleipnir's mother. Yeah. Loki carried and birthed Sleipnir. Like... Yeah, no, Loki fucks. Shit's like, wild. Everything. Everything. Speaking of wild, everything. Chris, I want to hear what you think about the <laughs> I mean, to be life fair, he is also, uh He is also the uh, Norman Gander's dad as well. He's a lot of things. And Fenrir. <laughs> and Fenrir. Most of the right. And Agraboda. Most think, of the think monsters. About a third of the problems that they have to deal with in Viking mythos, and Loki is either friends with, mom of, or dad of. Anyway, fair enough. All right, sorry, Chris. Given the history that we see uh, both on and off paper uh, for Samael, um, talk to us a little bit. Uh, I don't, I don't want to guide your thoughts in any one specific. Samael, most of Samael's time in the books, he's with Grendel. Mm -hmm. You know, anytime he shows up, it's usually Grendel's there. So obviously, you know, they were working together. And, you know, she, to a certain extent, she was gathering information on him, obviously, but she work, She wasn't really working with anybody else. She was kind of doing her own thing, but, you know, she's the only one who had any tabs on what he was doing. I mean, we don't see him with anybody else. Um, and he kind, of backed him, he kind of backed himself into a corner, you know? I mean, made himself well-known as Lord Brand. It was obvious, you know, there was a forsaken in charge he mangled things in Ilion with the citizens and that's why rand was offered the crown of swords because he fed them via tear the whole time even though they were mortal enemies you know rand was sending grain to tear so they offered him the crown of swords so you know he he bungled a lot of things but he was you know kind of a lord of chaos with what he did with the shido and and, and the things Wait, that he did i know that reference yeah. <laughs> so he, you know, you know, I think he created a lot of chaos, and he did things that the Dark One would have wanted him to do. Um, it was just kind of like I said, you know, kind of an anticlimactic ending for him with Mashadar taking him down. But you know, you would have thought that because he was so good being a defensive general, he would have picked a better place to retreat to. Or, or. That was a perfect place to retreat to because who in their right mind would follow him? Oh, right. Nobody. And the people who did follow him were absolutely not in their right mind. Well, <laughs> see, I, I have a massive issue with the the title and accolades that Samael has given and then the conduct and actions we see from Samael. Because he known as like historically oh you were this great general and he didn't even learn to use the one power until like the war of power and then he fought for us for four years and then like 
depending on whether you go by the big bad the big white book of bad art or if you go by the shadow rising timeline he either fought for the shadow for six years or he fought for the shadow for like 46 years ish uh depending on which one you go with um given the way he acts um i would more so go with robert jordan's statement from uh, the ward of robert jordan's will of time that it was only about 10 years um but the fair thing that maybe like it was only fought in earnest the last 10 years um his his biggest accomplishment was leaving the gates open to a city so the defenses could be literally just walked around um, in a city that was completely un, like off guard, not prepared, not on guard, not looking for an attack at all. Not even just like, oh, somebody might come to the city. They didn't notice that the gates were fucking open. They didn't notice that one of the notable figures just fucked off. Like, it'd be like Tom Brady just walking out of the middle of the Super Bowl and everybody being like, I don't care. Which some people don't. Some people do. He's still the GOAT. He's got rings. You know, it is what it is. Whether or um, not you like him, facts are facts. Yeah. Um, yeah. But he he does that. Sure, let's go And then he leads an army, and he's not <laughs> that far or behind him. Not not that far behind him is uh, Demondred and his portion of the, of the Shadow's army and... Um, Someone else. Who was the other one that Bilal? The Madrid and Bilal weren't too far behind Samuel as he took over where the Choden Call were. And even then he didn't like know where the Choden Call access keys were. Even then he didn't know what he did. Nobody right. did, except for the light. And they were like, oh, we're gonna shit a brick over it. And like the one secret they managed to keep actually saved them. But then Wouldn't you? I mean, no, I would. I would. <laughs> okay, good. I, I would I say I would, sure. but the number of times that the Air Force has lost nuclear weapons or erroneously shipped them makes me wonder about how many times we shit a brick when we should have. Broken air. We didn't shit a brick when we should have. But that's when they're taken, not when they're lost. When they're taken. Well, in the movie, um, it was lost. That was a good movie, though. It was a good movie. Anyway, um, but when we see Semi like back out in the world and he's supposed to be like this great general who went from like the success story of going from athlete to, to general for the light and then great general for the shadow. A lot of what he does seems more like high school bully tactics. He sends okay. the dogs to chase Rand. He wants to destroy Rand's reputation. So he disperses the shadow. He, he spreads a couple of lies. He hangs out with his BFF out in the, out behind the cafeteria, smoking doobies, Grendel. Like, <laughs> Whenever it comes to like the things we've seen other individuals do that have lived far less time as well than Samuel has, to call him any sort of great general seems like the most unreliable narrator, greatest exaggeration of someone from the Age of Legends. It's like all the other Forsaken are really great at what they do. Here's two cool stories about him. He must be just as great as the rest of them. And in reality, he's like third string wide receiver. <laughs> well, well, you know, since war was new to all of them, maybe they all sucked as generals. And you didn't have to he be was that just good the best of be the, the worst best of the worst, you know, and then war has been introduced and okay. been trollic wars and all that, That's and generalship gets better and better and better. So, so, so know, let's think about this. Alterado, he's he's horrible. Let, it does let's, make let's, him not seem as bad. So, uh, okay. Let, let's think about this, though. Let's think about this, though. 
like a bunch of toddlers. And many of you probably know plastic balls that football, other. American football, originated at I don't know specifically at West Point Academy, but originated as a military exercise in which two teams would scrimmage. The uh, the quote unquote general or coach would give them a battle plan. They would execute that battle plan, and whoever got the ball to the end zone was considered to be the superior tactician. I'm pretty sure it's volleyball. I've seen the newest Maverick movie. I'm pretty sure it's volleyball. <laughs> that's Navy. Okay, just that. Yeah. So that doesn't count. Oh, that's how um, the Navy started their their fight. Yeah, that's how the Navy. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but jokes I want to make, I'm not going to make. Not going to. What do we say? What What do we say about Samuel? He was an athlete. He was a gifted, talented pro athlete. Maybe this is Robert Jordan, and let's let's put a real world filter on this. Robert Jordan went to Vietnam. He had to deal with officers who were competent, officers who were not as competent. He also went to school at the Citadel, which is another military. He also academy. went to the school at Citadel. And so he has direct experience with people who are like this. Now, Samuel is an example of a person who is very, very good at one thing. And that one thing is specifically tactics on the battlefield. But even then, his his calling card or his his flavor, if you will, is 100% like overly complicated, overly complex, overly inflated. I've got eight. I'm playing 15 dimensional chess with 500 characters. And I am Samael and you will fucking die before me. And he's actually a very dangerous opponent because you don't know the depth of the intricacy of his plans. Are his plans overly intricate? Sure. I I would 100% agree with that, which is why Rand in kind responded with almost an overly intricate battle plan, which he got Matt and the Band of the Red Hand to start marching towards Ilion as a complete and total red herring. And then eventually he showed up with like a contingent of, of maidens and like just had kind of a battle with it. And it was it was a completely different battle than what Samuel was expecting. It worked, it was good, but Samuel still had plans within plans within plans. And as we said, he retreated to Shedar Logoth. And my my thinking there is that he built that plan because he thought nobody would go there because that would be insane to go there. So that's the perfect place to go. So when we're talking about the character of Samael, this very much speaks to me as 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 those officers that you you serve under that they go well actually if we do this then we do this and then we do this and if this guy does this and if that guy does that and if this guy does that and we're going what are you talking about man just tell me what I need to do like I just just like I'm just going to go over here and do the thing Okay, like I really don't care about the 200 people involved in this grand plan. And then in the meantime, you've got the people that he's supposed to be leading or ruling over going, please, sir, can I have some more porridge? And it's just not it. He, he as a leader, he fails as a general and tactician. 
he's tedious but effective. His his move to come to the Shido and say, "Ah, oh, yes, I have this for you," and spread them across the continent was absolutely genius because what he's done now is he's created essentially a a a series of speed bumps across the entire world that serves no purpose but to weaken the forces of the light and and further divide them and it's like he he has these moments of tremendous brilliance and i would argue that even his dumber moments are not necessarily dumb calls. It's just that he made a call as a general or a coach and the competing general or coach picked his play. And it doesn't matter how brilliant your play is. If someone picks your play, you're going to look like a fool because the other guy got lucky. And what do we know about Rand? He's Taviran. He has to be lucky the ultimate good. brand of luck. <clears throat> well, when you're domino level luck. Well, no, exactly. How do you fight someone luck. like that? Rand is domino halved luck. Because <laughs> he's he a full domino screwed. or no domino. I I don't know. Because again, he definitely gets like the sea folk on board with his plan, but also loses his hand. Like there are there are competing lucks going on hey, here. That wasn't like, the sea folk's fault. That was, you know, you don't mix business and pleasure. You don't bring your wife to the big military strategy meeting. All right. Yeah. Not when it's Grendel. You don't put them in danger. There. <laughs> she would have been fine if it had been two on, but it wasn't two on. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, I, I agree that he's really good about plans and plans and plans. But to me, Semmel comes off as more as like the guy that, is he appears very skilled in their planning and their tactics, but like Matt does, whereas Matt is has all this experience of generals, but Matt seems to always fall into a good plan until he kind of like gets comfortable with his memories and that kind of stuff. He falls into a good position, falls into good memories. It feels like Samael is trying to roll the same kind of luck dice by doing plan after plan after plan after plan. Like, hey, if I'm confused and my people are confused, everybody will be confused. And he's like, just plans on, you know, hey, how do I solve a problem? Oh, here's another onion layer to the, my Shrek plan. Um, <laughs> if I had a problem, like, I would just throw all a relatively like, cocktail at it and boom, yeah. new problem. Yeah, Where they're all like relatively like half-ass plans like with half-ass goals like samuel seems like so in the very beginning he's very much set on this wanting to destroy ran like all the other forsaken for his own reasons for his own thirst for power for his own whatever because only one forsaken in the entirety of the age of legends and the third age realizes that if they actually fucking win and do what their master wants only one of them gets what they want, and the rest of them all get fucked. But um, I don't know how they... Well, I do know how they don't realize that. They're too, too busy in fighting and uh, doing other weird shit with people, like pleasuring them to death. But but somehow's plans, like this, like with the shadow, like uh, shadow. Yeah, really go, like, yeah. There are worse uh, ways the, to go. With the shadow, it's it's like, like tied up under just, a bed by a golem. 
Yeah, maybe I'm just stuck in like this kind of like viewing Semiel as like this this kind of like jockey asshole uh, mentality, uh, this kind of biased jockey uh, asshole mentality. But it feels more to me like the person in high school that spreads a rumor that like the hot cheerleader that turned them down actually has gonorrhea. Like, I can, you know, like if I can't defeat you, no. then no one can. That like, is apt. That is an apt description. Because yeah, they there there are speed bumps, but other than like his reputation with the rest of the the Westlands, Rand doesn't have that much of a problem dealing with the the Shido doing their shit. And mainly, a lot of the time, it comes down to educating the rulers that like, no, the Shido are honorless, random bands of brigands essentially that have abandoned the honor of the IOA, and the oh, ones that actually you mean follow like me the are dragon the dragon sworn. Man, it certainly looks like a lot of your followers or people who say they follow you are a bunch of brigands throughout the country. Well, that, 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 that was Masima's dragon. No, I, I know, I know. All right, uh, yeah. so I'm going to hop it's in kind here. Of the same thing. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm going to hop in here and start with my final thoughts, and then I'll pass it over to Village. Uh, with sort of this, because I think this is a, a good transition into that, because I, I like the idea of the fact that we see Samael a little differently, because when it comes right down to it, I don't disagree with you, Andrew. I do actually think that he's a lot of the high school bully. And, you know, Village Mattress has made a very, very good point of uh, when you're just really starting out being war-torn and it's not a it's not an established thing for you, People who are strategists in other areas start to look real good at what they do when lives are on the line. Um, and so honestly, like, what do we know about Samael as a general in the War of the Light, the War of the Shadow? Well, he's a defensive sportsman who is lauded for his defensive abilities. And we seem to think that he knows, or that, that he tries to think multiple moves ahead of his opponents and has all of these machinations. That looks like a really good general. It does. And if it works for you to lose... Or an enigma. <laughs> and Sorry. if it looks like you're actually saving any amount of people, people are going to think that you're good at what you do. Uh, but in the end, it's not other people that necessarily think that Samael is the greatest general of their time. It's Samael. He is the one who stands there and goes, uh, you gave forces of the light to lose therein. I'm mad that, about that because I I'm the think greatest I'm better general, than he is. The greatest tactician right? ever. And so, you know, he is standing there going ahead and seemingly giving us the information that he thinks he's better than Luce Theron. Do other people think that? We don't actually really know. He might just be being a like a, an egotistical dick entirely possible and then you what does he do when he comes back he takes over a city <laughs> and then he defends it to the end and by to the end i mean he retreats but he sets up a good defense plan and also 
his hands are a little tied just like all of the other Forsaken. Because by the time he actually makes his truce with Rand, the Dark One has basically said, hey, don't kill Rand. He's mine. So Samael is standing there with this like handicap that he's been told by his lord and master that he can't like do this thing. And so he goes back to his roots. He makes a truce with the devil uh, that he doesn't know. I mean, he's already got a truce with the devil that he does. Uh, and he, you know, tries to go ahead and defend his city and sets himself up to be whatever. And the Shadow are a problem for everybody. So I think that him scattering the Shadow is actually just, it, it's not a like, oh, I'll speed bump all of these lands. Like he makes Rand look bad and he makes sure that the Shadow don't come to Ilion next. I think it's totally self-preservation. And so, you know, I think that he does not do a great job. I think that along with a number of other people who decided that he was not the right general to lead the forces of the light, I agree with them. I think that he's not actually as good as he thinks he is. But he's also not garbage. And I agree with Josh that, like, his machinations aren't necessarily ridiculous. But I do also like that Robert Jordan puts in things that are anticlimactic because life is sometimes anticlimactic. You can absolutely have the greatest possible play in the Super Bowl. And if one defensive end is in the right place at the right time to intercept your amazing throw, you look like a moron. Like, it just happens that some way, that way sometimes. And again, I'm not saying that that's always what Samael did. Some of his machinations weren't brilliant. But I also appreciate that Robert Jordan also goes, some of the things that he was doing are actually smart. And he gets information, and he gets a city, and he does these things. And then Rand comes in and is a Taviran, and is lucky, and knows Balefire. And he basically walks up to Samuel and goes, cool machinations, bro. It would suck if Mashadar killed you. Like, Balefire. I love the part Balefire. where it's like, oh, I'm lucky, and I'm Taviran, and when that doesn't work, erase history. Yeah, no, exactly. And so, like, again... Let me be very, very clear. I don't think Samael's as cool as he thinks he is. I don't even think Samael's as cool as other people gave him credit for when he was, uh, you know, in the, the War of the Shadow originally. Uh, but I also don't think he's garbage. There are other Forsaken who are absolutely more garbage. That being said, last final thought. If your reason for going over to the shadow is because you don't like being second to someone, huge middle finger to you and all <laughs> that you stand for. And that's my final thought on Samael. Chris, what are your final thoughts on Samael? I think I think Samael does a lot for the story. Um, mm -hmm. More than most of the other Forsaken. I mean, there's a few that do as much or slightly more but he's he's top three or four as far as how much he influences the game board so to speak and uh so i got you know that's again the anticlimactic and the ending is is you know somewhat disappointing but like you said that sometimes things are anticlimactic 
Um, you can't always come in with all the drama that Demon Dread shows in the final book. So, you know, uh, but, you know, there's a lot more going on with him than there is with most of the other Forsaken. I was going to um, say, then again, you also have to have Demandred not exist for most of the books to have his yeah. dramatic entrance be that dramatic. Yeah. Yes. So, but continue. Uh, Sorry. But yeah, I, I think I think he's a, a fine, fantastic part of the story, and he he makes a lot. You know, a lot of things, a lot of the plots lines happen. I mean, he takes over Perrin's arc for a big portion of the story, and you know, Matt is marching down to with an army and that takes the better part of the book before Ren sends him to Saladar. And, you know, so there's a lot of things revolve around what Samael is doing. And, uh, you know, I think he's integral to the story and, and, you know, a really good portion of it. So those nice. are my thoughts. I like those thoughts. Those are good thoughts. Mm -hmm. Andrew, you want to go or shall I take this one next? Uh, I'll, I'll go because I feel like mine are relatively bland. Um, oh, that's not true. <laughs> no, I mean, because it's not too different from what I've already said. Um, I think that uh, Samael is one of those characters that puts his hands in many different, very shallow cookie jars um, where. Yeah, he's he's involved in a bunch of different places. He is a player in a bunch of different places, but I I never really saw him or viewed him. And I I'm not saying it doesn't exist, but and then this is also in comparison to the other Forsaken. Never really saw him as that super significant as an obstacle, uh, any more so than any other Forsaken could be. Um, I, I don't think is, I think his late blossom into being able to channel, um, that was this battle tested and, and suddenly brought about ability to channel, um, and, and the breadth of that is what let him stand out. Um, I think Grendel kind of helped nudge, nudge him into getting into the, uh, the realm of the Forsaken. I don't think he had the experience. I don't think he had the tactics. I think you definitely had the mindset. Um, but I don't think anything about Samuel's mindset is especially like notably advanced or spectacular. Um, I think it's a, a relatively average uh, mindset. Um, that still, uh, it, it does play a big part in the story. But I think when it comes into like his interactions with like being an adversary for Rand and being an adversary for Matt and being an adversary for Perrin, um, that for a while there he plays the part of the filler villain, where we need somebody for to to prod this direction or that direction or this direction or give a motive for this and that to happen, and I feel like Samuel fills it. I feel like he just doesn't quite ever in the time that we're reading rise to a threat level that I feel many, not all, but many of the other Forsaken do. And I never really felt like Samael was a really like, oh, he could turn the tide for the shadow ending uh, threat. And, and I think uh, his, his biggest, most shocking moment 
is a, a a blind throw of a lightning bolt that gets undone anyway. So, uh, do I like him? Yeah, I think he's a good villain because he's a versatile villain that does give a motive to several characters for several events and does help further several plot lines. But I'm also not a big fan of characters that seem to it over 50% exist to help further plot lines. And I feel like had we replaced Samael with another Forsaken with a more direct and, and hard set goal, um, that I would have liked them more than I would have liked Samael being in charge of, of Alien. So it's, it's just not my favorite. Not my favorite by a, a fair shot. Uh, out of curiosity, are, did you just give Samael credit for something Robin did? Yeah, you're right. And uh, take that okay, away. Okay, I just so, so want to make even, sure. Even, I, and and it's not even the biggest deal. shock. It only further yeah, no, you're right. point. No, exactly. That's why I kind of like let it stand because I mean, in the end, that actually just makes you more right to your final thoughts. I was just like, wow, he doesn't even do that, does he? Like, yeah, I, I, I bad. No, 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 you're all good. Oh, all good. time to make sure time that to my, start this next movie. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, by the way, I am at my I am in book two of my reread. Uh, if you want to follow along with my thoughts, go to Twitter. And just follow the hashtag what reread. Um, I've got my thoughts organized under that hashtag. Hashtag what reread. Go ahead and check that Josh out. just said his thoughts and organized in a sentence. It's awesome, right? It's awesome. That's how I get them. They're like, whoa, wait. He was organized? I got to check this out. Nope, I'm not. But now you're hooked. Much like the taint on Sidene, you can't let it go. That's right. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna double down on my theory that uh, Samael is an is a character archetype of a military officer who went to college and played football at West Point and was even looks lauded like as this person who was so smart. Who did all the right things? He got straight A's. He was a straight A student. But when it came down to real world experience, is someone who spent all their time doing what they like to do and not what needs to be done. And that's a very important distinction because you will find that 100% of successful people in this world do things that they do not want to do on a daily basis. There are days you wake up and, damn, you just don't want to. And guess what? You don't have to. Don't you However, if you want to be successful, if you want to succeed, if you want to progress in life, if you want to improve your situation, you have to do the things that you don't want to do sometimes. It's just a fact of life. And Samael is one of these who has sort of an inherent talent or an inherent ability and is able to focus on things he enjoys doing, which is great. Anybody who can dedicate themselves to what they enjoy doing will excel at that thing. 
But if you want to have a whole person success, you must learn to do things that you don't necessarily want to do. In Samael's case, he needs to have learned how to uh, manage supply chain and, and different things for the actual people living in his territory so they weren't starving. As a result, when Rand came in and took the crown of swords, it was like almost instantaneous. And he had a vast majority of the nation's loyalty because he liberated them. And that's just what how do you it mean works. Mean my what? Uh, okay, well, thanks everybody for being here. Thanks for tuning in. What do you mean in. a 40 mile uh, convoy is frozen? Whoa. <laughs> thanks so much uh, to our special guest, Chris, also known as Village Mattress. You've seen him in numerous live streams all over the place. Uh, and he's a super cool guy to get to hang out with and talk to. So if you see him around, at uh, at uh, Jordan Con or Watt Con or maybe you know fingers crossed maybe one of these days gathering madness. Uh, you know, go ahead and say hi to him and uh, and I'm gonna get a website link from him. I'm gonna put it in the description below. And if you need a new mattress or uh, uh, any other of the products that can be shipped, go to your man Chris at the Village Mattress because that's just how it is. Um, thank you, sir, that's for being here. Way. We really do appreciate you. Um, thank you all for listening (laughs) thanks so much for being awesome thanks so much for listening thanks so much for tuning into this episode of the black tower podcast we want to see you at watcon we want to see you at the gathering madness go to blacktowerpod.com we want to see you you know what share a picture of you wearing some sweet btv merch or drinking out of some sweet btv merch and uh we'll we'll put you on blast we'll show everybody it's going to be awesome. You're going to love it. We're going to love it. If you don't it. have any, blacktowerpod.com. Awesome. Go get some. Do it now. Go get some. Get, get you do some. Do it now. Give and, us uh, and or Spreadshirt uh, and or New Creations by Jen your money. That's right. That's right. Thanks for being awesome during uh, when we <laughs> dispense this week's dose of madness. We thank you for being here. We thank you for being awesome. And we hope that wherever you are, you're just a little bit more insane than you were when you first started listening from all of us here at the black tower i have your sorbon mahale josh also known as the uh kill it mahale <laughs> kill it kill it with fire i feel like it didn't have much life left so i feel like killing it was more like mercy and mess than anything else um, <laughs> blood and bloody ashes i am andrew your bison male also known as the disappear male <laughs> and i, I am my hand and i am daniel also known as your Amin Khan Mahal, the one you can hear and see coming for miles away because he doesn't <laughs> shut up. Hashtag and from all of us here the OM or CUM, the world may never know. <laughs> uh, thank you very much again, Village Madras, for joining us. Uh, we had a great discussion. I hope that we will have you back at some point. Um, and seriously, if you need a mattress, go get you one. 
Uh, but from all of us here at the Black Tower Podcast, thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. We hope that you have a lovely morning. And in case we don't see you again, good afternoon, good evening, good night. Always running the show. Trouble just fitting.